views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Rocco's are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. The following sound advice program was paid for by Eagle Rock Nutrition. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the staff, management, and advertisers of WMTR. It is always advisable to consult a professional before making a major medical decision. Time now for Eat Right with Laura. Here's Dr. Laura Rocco's. Welcome to Eat Right with Laura. My name is Laura Rocos, and I am the owner of Eagle Rock Nutrition, an integrative healthcare practice providing dietary intervention strategy for disease prevention and health maintenance. So I like to start these uh, first few weeks just explaining the origin of uh, the name of my company, Eagle Rock. It's spelt egg L rock, like the food, the egg, but it's pronounced Eagle Rock like the bird. So Eagle Rock is an acronym for my children and my husband and my family. Uh, but the logo is a soaring eagle, and that's just a visual that I use to promote uh, health and wellness. So I hope you enjoyed the show last week. Uh, the title of the show was The Bittersweet Taste of Diabetes. And uh, if you'd like to hear more about that topic, let me know. Um, I repeated that topic uh, this past weekend at St. Paul's Roman Catholic Church. I was invited to speak there. And I'm invited to speak at a lot of community centers. So I gave that lecture there, and it was very well received. So um, if you'd like to be um, informed about other places where I'll be speaking, um, what I'd like you to do is just log on to my website, www.eaglerock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. Log on to the website and just share your email address, and we'll put you on our newsletter distribution list so that you're aware of all the um, events that um, I'm, I'll be speaking at. They're pretty, I have to say that I'm pretty fun and informative um, and we'll talk about some of those events as we close out the show today. So tonight we're going to talk about the pitfalls of fad diets and weight loss drugs and I would definitely like you to call in if anything that you hear tonight um, is of interest to you and I would definitely like you to call in to share your experience with some of the um, weight loss strategies that I'll be talking about. So the call-in number is 973-267-WMTR. That's 973-267-WMTR. So this particular topic um, was a review article that I wrote for an obesity journal. And, um, you know, writing papers is just a, a great way to become an expert in a topic. So, um, uh, I'm going, kind of gonna share some of the, um, you know, interesting factoids of these, uh, fad diet, diets tonight. I guess one thing that I, that, that I do want to say, I want to remind you before I really get into this topic, um, I just want to let you know that after the break, um, I'm going to be, uh, taking a call from the sponsor of my show. So the organization that sponsors my show is the Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women or ETT Women. And the founders are Vanessa Coppice and Lynette Barbieri. And they're going to call in just to tell you a little bit about who they are uh, and um, talk about the event, a really fun event that they're hosting this weekend. It's a 70s and 80s, so rock your Madonna look um, fundraiser that they're hosting this weekend. And I'll be there, so stop by my table and I'll give you some free uh, five minutes of free um, wellness advice. All right, so let's get started. So, um, as I talk about some of these fad diets, just let me give you a forewarning. I just want to make sure that I don't offend anyone tonight. I'm going to start with uh, dietary strategies that are not really amenable to uh, following a vegetarian strategy. So, um, these, you know, these first couple of strategies are definitely high in protein and high in fat and probably are not compatible with vegetarianism. All right, but we will eventually, I promise you, we will segue into eventually plant-based eating and next week we'll probably focus exclusively on plant-based eating. So I'm going to start with a strategy that was pioneered um, quite some time ago. Uh, It's uh, an Atkins diet and, uh, you know, this is, you know, in no way am I... um, 
you know, am I, you know, putting a negative spin on anything? I just want to inform you, you know, I just want to start a conversation around, you know, the consequences of these kinds of diets. So what is an Atkins diet? So that is a, a diet that's largely based on consumption of poultry and fish and meat, um, so animal products, uh, butter, so high fat, uh, oils, cheeses, you know, full fat cheese and very few carbs. Um, the idea is that, uh, you transition your body from relying on carbohydrates for energy, uh, to fats. So, let me explain to you how your body uses macronutrients. So when I use the word macronutrient, I'm talking about carbohydrates, fats, and protein. When I use the word micronutrient, I'm really referring to vitamins and minerals. So how does the body use um, macronutrients for energy? So I'm going to start with fat. So believe it or not, you know, when you're at rest, when you're just sitting around watching TV or watching a movie in the theater or not paying attention to your teacher in class, you're actually relying on fat stores. All right. Your body doesn't really start using carbs or glucose, which what carbohydrates are made out of for energy until you start moving around. All right. So when you're walking around the house, doing housework, you know, taking a walk, um, leisurely activity, you're burning half fats, half carbs. And notice that you're not really burning protein. Your body does not really use protein for energy. You use proteins for muscle development and, um, you know, any proteins that are not really used to make muscle or excreted from your body uh, in your urine, um, proteins are converted to fat. Right, but when you're like really exercising, like ex running, weight lifting, you know, really calling, you know, relying on your body to make a lot of energy, cycling, riding your bike in a, you know, a bicycle race. Now you're really relying on carbohydrates. You're really relying on your glucose stores when you're like lifting heavy weights. If you're a bodybuilder, or if you're like, you know. An, an, an athlete. All right. So just remember, you know, f- you use fats when you're at rest, you use carbs when you're moving around, and you don't really use proteins uh, for energy at all. All right. So in this Atkins diet, an Atkins diet is a very low carbohydrate diet. I mean, really low. Like when you start out, there's a couple of phases, but the early phase, you're consuming about 20 grams of carbohydrates, which is about 80 calories. Now, let me put that into, into perspective for you. All right. So the typical USDA guidance, you know, and um, since I teach nutrition, I teach to the USDA guidance because that's what's described in the textbooks that I use. Um, a typical USDA guidance um, recommends that your carbs should be anywhere between 45% to 65% of your total calories. So in a typical 2,000 calorie diet, that's about 1,200 of your calories should come from carbs. All right, so in this Atkins diet, about 80, 80 calories is coming from carbohydrates. So that's like really, really low. So if you're getting 20 grams per day, let me give you a visual. All right. Uh, you know, a small apple, an apple that takes up about a half of a cup. That's about 15 grams. So if you're doing an Atkins diet and you eat a small apple, that's three quarters of your entire carbohydrate allotment for the day. All right. Now, so what I do want to say though about this strategy because I just told you that when you're at rest you're burning fat because the fat content of the Atkins diet is so high all right 
you become very efficient at burning fat. So a typical Atkins diet has about 4% carbohydrates, you know, and I just told you that the USDA recommends 45 to 65. So basically 10% of the recommended amount and your protein and your fats are as desired. The remaining percentage, you can have however much protein and fat you would like coming from, you know, animal protein, oils, cheeses, butter, things like that. So definitely not compatible with a vegetarian diet at all. All right. So in this particular strategy, you know, because you have so few carbohydrates, your body really is relying on those fat stores for energy and becomes very, very efficient at, you know, weight loss because you're burning all your calories are coming from fat. Um, the problem with this strategy is because it's not very well balanced, right? It's very high in protein and fat and very low in carbohydrates. Um, you're very prone to vitamin and mineral deficiencies because really fruits and vegetables have the most, you know, the most uh, vitamins and minerals. Um, you tend to suffer um, from bo- bone loss um, and uh, because of all those fats and the protein, the protein that's really coming from animal protein, right? Animal proteins have a lot of saturated fat and so uh, this can raise your cholesterol levels. So let me remind you that your cholesterol levels are driven by consumption of saturated fat, not necessarily dietary cholesterol itself, right? So if you're eating a lot of animal protein, you could put yourself at risk for having high cholesterol. So, you know, the strategy just is, you know, too high in fat, too high in protein, not enough fruits and vegetables, not very well balanced. Um, So if there's anyone that would like to comment on their own experience with this kind of a a diet, feel free to call in. All right, I'll take your call at any time. But um, so let's segue to something that's just, you know, somewhat better, uh, better distributed across your macronutrients. So that brings me to the South Beach diet, uh, which was devised by Dr. Arthur Atkinson. All right, Agatson. So I know it sounds like Atkins, but it's Agatson. All right, so this strategy is similar, except that it's a little bit more generous with fruits and vegetables. Uh, So it promotes consumption of lean protein, and low fat dairy, all right, and is, you know, also effective at, you know, fat burning and weight loss. Um, it's, it's heart healthy because of the low fat, right, and, uh, very amenable to helping people with blood sugar because you're not eating as many carbs, right? Uh, so I kind of like this strategy. Um, but one of the, you know, one of the suggestions in the South Beat diet is that you should eat frequently. All right, so I want to talk about, you know, the strategy of eating, say, every three hours. All right, and this is something that I have to explain to my patients, that if you're eating, you know, small meals frequently, all right, what happens is, you know, as soon as you eat a meal, your blood sugar will go up. And if you don't wait long enough for the blood sugar to come down all the way, what happens is the blood sugar rises. And as it's rising, your pancreas is going to secrete insulin, which is a hormone that's really, really good. It tells your body, take the glucose out of the blood and bring it to the muscles so that you're strong and to your brain so that you can think, right? But it is also a hormone that tells your body to store fat. So why does it do that? Right, so if you think about it, we've really only had food the way we have food today. We've really only have had copious amounts of food or supermarkets since maybe, what, the 1940s? First, you know, you know, A&P or, 
you know, Stop and Shop or one of those early generation supermarkets. So we've only had, you know, copious amounts of food since the 40s. Prior to that, thousands of years, all we have had is famine, not enough food. So our bodies are really designed to help us survive famine. Right. And that is why, you know, when we secrete insulin, you know, the insulin is a hormone that helps us store fat because every time we eat a meal, our bodies think, oh, is the famine coming tomorrow? Let me store fat so you can survive the famine. Right. So. If you're eating frequently, say every three meals, every three hours, and not letting the glucose come down all the way, the minute you put something else in your mouth, right, the insulin is going to spike right back up and tell your body to store fat again. Um, so while that is, while frequent eating is a strategy that I advise to my patients who are trying to gain weight, I don't really recommend it to my patients who are trying to lose weight. Now, granted, you might be that, um, that person that will have, you know, a very, uh, a kind of a snack that's not going to raise the blood sugar too much. But for most of us, when we get in this mindset that it's okay to eat every three hours, your typical person is not always going to make the best choices. And as soon as they think, oh, it's okay if I just eat this Twizzler or something like that, or this one cookie, as soon as they eat like that one thing that sates them, you know, their body is going to get into the mode of storing fat. So um, that's definitely one of the downsides of a South Beach diet that promotes frequent eating or any other dietary strategy that promotes frequent eating. Um, and also with a South Beach, because it's low fat dairy, um, you tend not to have enough calcium in that diet. So Jeff, definitely be mindful of calcium. And um, although you might be thinking, well, just take a calcium supplement, really the best sources of calcium should come from food. And um, while I'm on that topic, I just want to remind you that you don't have to get your calcium from dairy. Um, there are plenty of plant-based sources of calcium, including broccoli, which is my number one um, suggestion. Um, another vegetable that I really like, is bok choy. You find it in Chinese food. But I just want you to know that um, I grow bok choy, and it's to me, it's like a better-tasting version of spinach. Um, so tofu or soybeans are a great source of calcium. Almonds, collard greens, kale, um, legumes. And um, while we're on the topic of legumes, I'll segue to, um, uh, you know, nuts and seeds, the almonds or nuts, and also pumpkin seeds and sesame seeds. And while I'm talking about sesame seeds, I just want to let you know, for those of you who are not initiated, that, you know, peanuts are used to make peanut butter, almonds are used to make almond butter, sesame seeds are used to make tahini, which is like a sesame seed butter, all right? So uh, with the calcium, right, you get some legumes like chickpeas and some tahini. Those are the two main ingredients in um, hummus, and there you have um, a, a pretty darn good um, snack for calcium, all right? So... Um, that's, you know, what I have to say about South Beach diet. I do have to say that I know, you know, quite a few people who, um, followed that strategy and I thought it was pretty successful for weight loss for, um, a while. Um, and the other thing though, uh, as I, I'm going to just, uh, go back to Atkins one more time. One of the other, um, comments that I want to say about the Atkins diet is that in its very early iteration when it was focusing on animal protein and meat, you know, although people were losing 
you know, losing a lot of weight because they were turning into fat-burning machines. You know, they were eating probably a lot of steak, a lot of bacon. All right, so so certainly not heart healthy at all. Uh, and although um, the newer guidance for Atkins um, de-emphasizes those kinds of dietary choices, it's still very high in fat and protein. Um, and so... Both Atkins and South Beach both tend to be high in protein. So whereas Atkins is, you know, if 95% of the calories are coming from a mixture of protein and fat, with South Beach, um, 28% of your calories are coming from carbs. So that's certainly better than Atkins. But 33% is coming from protein and 39% is coming from fat. Um, and while those are sort of close to, you know, acceptable USDA guidance, they're still a little bit on the high side. So still a lot of protein and a lot of fat. And I just want to let you know that, you know, digesting all that protein in both an Atkins diet and a South Beach diet, that can be somewhat of a burden on your your kidneys. And I'll just let you know, maybe I'll remind you that um, I, you know, used to be a pharmacologist in drug discovery in the pharmaceutical industry. And I'll just let you know um, that uh, one of the models, one of the ways that you can mimic um, kidney failure is to, um, in your animal model, in either a, a, a mouse or a rat, is to overfeed it protein. So give the animal lots of protein and that will lead to kidney damage and probably will do the same thing in, in a person. I remember reading a book, uh, you know, a, uh, uh, it was a, it was a story about, um, uh, you know, a, a research vessel that was, you know, going to um, Antarctica and the, the, the ship got, you know, was damaged and um, the, the, the uh, researchers on the ship had to fend for themselves. And one of the researchers got stuck in an area where his only dietary source came from animal proteins. I think he was just a... Uh, he was just uh, hunting birds. So b- because he ate too much protein and he didn't have any other dietary sources, his entire diet came from protein. His kidneys failed and he died. And that was a true story. So I'm just, you know, letting you know that when you have too much protein in your diet, you know, that's definitely a burden on your kidneys. So, so two, you know, two dietary strategies that are very high in protein, Atkins and South Peach. So that's just something to think about. And again, if uh, you're someone who has followed either of these strategies to success or not so great success, uh, give us a call. Let me know. The call-in number is 973-267-WMTR. That's 973-267-WMTR. So while we're still on this topic of um, high protein, I'm going to um, transition to paleo. That's another strategy that's high in protein. Um, This is a hunter-gatherer strategy that is promoted for people that suffer from inflammatory diseases, autoimmune diseases, so inflammation like arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, um, you know, um, multiple sclerosis, uh, you know, severe, severe allergies and asthma. Um, it's an anti-inflammatory strategy where you're eliminating dairy, grains, which makes it very difficult to follow, and even starchy vegetables. So you're focusing on lean protein, um, fish, uh, fruits, vegetables, and nuts. And the kind of vegetables, since you're pulling back on starchy vegetables, so no, you know, pulling back on starchy vegetables like um, potatoes and beets and carrots and winter squashes like butternut squash, and focusing more on non-starchy vegetables like leafy greens and cruciferous vegetables um, and, and, and peppers and, and summer squashes um, and also um, having nuts. All right, so 
So why is this um, a paleo strategy um, good for reducing inflammation? Well, one, you're giving up all sources of dairy. All right, and dairy have dairy products have three things that are difficult to digest and could be inflammatory. So the first thing is lactose which is the kind of carbohydrate that's found in milk. So lactose is difficult to digest for people who are lactose intolerant, which means they lack the enzyme that you need to digest lactose. Um, so you can, so if you're only lactose intolerant, um, sometimes you can drink a kind of milk called lactate, which is milk that basically has an enzyme that has an enzyme in it that digests the lactose. So lactate actually is um, nutritionally equivalent to regular milk. It's just that the lactose is already digested for you. A lot of my patients ask me, you know, if the lactate is equivalent in nutrition content to regular milk and the answer is yes it is but the other things that you know all dairy products have that can be um inflammatory to some people are whey and casein so these are two proteins that not everyone has the ability to digest so i like to say that you know cows make milk you know, so milk is made by cows for cows. Is it really made for people? Well, babies have an inherent ability to digest whey and casein, but typically we seem to lose that ability as we go, grow older. Um, there may be a few people that can digest whey and casein as adults, but most of us, you know, if you just give up dairy for about 10 days and then reintroduce it, you'll know whether you have, you know, uh, optimal capacity to digest whey and casein. So when you're not digesting these proteins, when you have partially digested uh, portions of these proteins in your bloodstream that can promote some uh, of these that can contribute to some of these inflammatory conditions so the other thing that you have to give up when you're following a paleo strategy are grains so basically no bread you're basically giving up gluten all right so and you know no grains at all, no gluten, and not even gluten-free grains. So no grains at all. Um, so what's the problem with gluten? So we'll have another show that focuses on gluten. But but for now, I'll just let you know that, um, you know, gluten is a protein um, that we add to baked goods to make them light and fluffy and moist. And because people like things that taste moist and fluffy, uh, we put gluten in everything. And what's happening is that, you know, due to overconsumption of gluten, we've lost our ability to properly digest gluten. And there are some other reasons why we have an incompatibility with gluten that I'll address in another show. show. So um, I've just been told that it's time to take a break. Uh, So when we get back, we'll uh, finish up our discussion of the paleo diet and... um, and we'll segue into, uh, hopefully I'll have time to talk about weight loss drugs. Paleo, gluten-free, ketogenic, eating for your blood type, and the list goes on and on. There are millions of fad diets out there, but what really works? Did you ever consider consulting an actual doctor? That's why you need Dr. L. Dr. Laura Rocco's at Eagle Rock Nutrition is a food scientist with over 30 years of experience helping people improve their health. Eagle Rock Nutrition is a healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle guidance for disease prevention and health maintenance. She will help you use diet and exercise to improve your overall health and fight disease. Conditions that may be addressed include diabetes, heart disease, obesity, autoimmune diseases, poor gut health, and fertility. Dr. L also has a very popular sports nutrition program. Get started today. Book an appointment at EagleRock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. Or call 908-764-9062. 908-764-9062. Let Dr. L develop a personalized health plan that's right for you. Eat right with Laura. Most services are covered. 
covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and private health insurance. The Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women, or ETT Women, is a support network to help female entrepreneurs grow their business. Founders Vanessa Coppice and Lynette Barbieri share their vision of mentoring women to achieve their personal and business goals. Members attend live or virtual meetings, as well as their annual conference, The Power of Connections, scheduled for November 3rd to the 5th at the Holiday Inn in Clark, New Jersey. For more information, please visit ettwomen.com. That's ettwomen, W-O-M-E-N.com. ETT Women, together we achieve more. We invite you to support the ETT Women Foundation, a New Jersey nonprofit organization dedicated to the support of women in need. On Saturday, July 15th, the foundation will be hosting a 70s and 80s summer celebration fundraiser at the Fireside Bar and Grill, located at 133 South Main Street in Marlboro, New Jersey. The event begins at 6.30 p.m. A portion of the proceeds will benefit Janet Vega and her fight against cancer. Please register at ettwomen.com. That's ettwomen.com. For over 65 years, Classic Oldies WMTR has been serving the community right here in New Jersey. That's why each week we have WMTR's Rock and Rough, where we try and find homes for New Jersey's homeless animals. This week, Susan from Rough Rehab brought puppies. Check out these puppies. These puppies my son named this, that, and the other. We try to give them all names even though they'll get new ones. They are the mellowest puppies. We've had them about a week and a half now. I have my own dogs at home. They get along very well with all the animals in the house. They're good with all the people. My son has a ferret. They love that. You'll see the videos, the pictures. They are the mellowest puppies. They do play, usually in the morning, late at night, and then they sleep. If you'd like to see these beautiful puppies interacting with the WMTR staff. Log on to WMTRAM.com, click on the Rock and Rough link, and there's a video right there. It's WMTR's Rock and Rough, brought to you by Subaru 46, 364 Route 46 Hackettstown, where all cars are dog-tested, dog-approved. Stop by and see why. Online at Subaru46.com. Broadcasting live from the Hilltop Nissan Studios, Classic Oldies, WMTR Morristown, a Beasley Media Group station. Welcome back to Eat Right with Laura. I'm Laura Rocos, and we have Maureen on li- line one. So, hey, Maureen, thanks for calling in. What can I do for you? I wanted to ask you, what is, uh, my biggest problem is timing. What's the, I know after 7 o'clock you're not supposed to be eating, but what about, um, I mean, that's my biggest problem. Um, what, what would you suggest would be the best thing to nosh on? For instance, this evening, I haven't eaten supper yet. So I'm like, do I have a small salad? Should I, should I go towards a yogurt? What would be your suggestion of what, I, what would be the best for me to just nosh on right now? All right, Maureen. Well, you don't want to go to bed with anything heavy in your stomach. So something that's, you know, low fat, all right? So you can have some carbs, but low fat and also protein is hard to digest. So just, you know, you know, you can have, you know, protein and and vegetables are probably the best thing to have for a late dinner. But just remember, uh, you know, I do say no eating after 7 p.m., but what are, you know, if, if that's too hard for you because of an unusual work set schedule, just remember a 13 hour nighttime fast. So no eating for 13 hours whenever that 13 hours for you is. But, uh, before you go to bed, if you have to eat a little something, some protein, and 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 some vegetables, and that should be enough carbs to get you through the night. Okay, hummus and a couple of vegetables would be great, right? <laughs> sure. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. All right, so let's finish up our conversation on paleo. So the last thing, so we're giving up dairy, we're giving up grains, and interestingly, no legumes. So why do you give up legumes on a paleo diet? Um, so legumes for some people can be difficult to digest. Um, all plants, but legumes and particular also have something called phytates it doesn't begin with the letter f it's p-h-y-t-a-t-e-s phytates are charged molecules found in all plants but they bind minerals so minerals that you need to make your cells work optimally so um, pulling back on those legumes will prevent you from that overdose of phytates 
um, that you can get from some of the other vegetables that are included in a paleo diet. Um, so the only, so I just, you know, let my patients know that if you're going to follow that strategy and you do want to have some beans, string beans are okay. String beans and sugar snap peas are okay in a paleo diet. But again, um, it's a pretty, because of the high protein content, it's a pretty hard diet to, to follow. And the other thing that you have to remember is that all of these diets that are high in animal protein, uh, the protein needs to be very high quality. Uh, just remember that whatever those animals are eating, you're eating that too. If the animals are getting hormones and antibiotics and a not so healthy diet, that's what you're getting as well. So you want those proteins to be organic and that can get when you're eating you know you know a considerable percentage of your calories coming from animal protein that can get very um, expensive and again just like Atkins and South Beach it can it can stress the pro the, the kidneys you know if um you know, if you have any, if you have any blood sugar issues, you want to take really good care of your, your kidneys. We'll talk more about kidneys and, and diabetes uh, when we focus on that topic, um, later in the year. All right. So, um, so. So at least though in a paleo strategy, you are eating fruits and vegetables, but only non-starchy vegetables. So if you're not really eating grains and you're not having, you know, you're not having dairy, you could have an issue with calcium. You could have an issue with fiber. Um, I do feel that the fiber that's found in a whole grain is unique. It differs from the kinds of fiber that's found in, um, in fruits and vegetables. And let me just explain to you explain something about fiber you do not have the capacity to digest fiber all right fiber is digested by the bacteria that live in your gut all right and you have to feed that bacteria and what do they eat the the bacteria in your gut eat oats and leafy greens so if you're not eating you know any whole grains at all um the bacteria that live in your gut that are critical for your immune system they're not going to be too happy so again um if you'd like to chime in on this conversation about paleo, uh, feel free to call in 973-267-WMTR. Um, so now I'm going to transition to um, a diet that I feel is a little bit more um, well distributed across your macronutrients. And that is the zone diet that was developed by Barry Sears, who is not to be confused with Bill Sears, who is a world-renowned pediatrician. So Barry Sears is um, someone who has focused on also on inflammation. And in the zone diet, um, about 30% of your calories are coming from fat, 30% is coming from protein, and 40% is coming from carbohydrates. Uh, and this is actually the same distribution that I recommend to my um, diabetic patients. So one of the, the tenets of the, the zone diet is that by including protein with every meal, this can reduce hunger. Um, protein takes longer to digest than any other macronutrient. So if you have protein with every meal, particularly at breakfast, that can tide you over so that you're not, you know, snacking too much in between meals. All right. Um, however, um, you know, Dr. Sears does also suggest, you know, like the South Beach diet, that you should have about six small meals a day. So, again, eating every three to four hours, which is okay so long as you're making exceptional choices in between meals. And most of my patients do not. And so if they get into the habit of eating small meals every three or four hours, uh, they're going to get into this really bad cycle of the blood sugar coming up, you know, followed by a spike in insulin and before the blood sugar and the insulin come all the way down, you'll eat another snack that raises the blood sugar and raises the insulin so that you get into this cycle of always storing fat. Um, I kind of feel that if you could just eat, you know, 
four every four to five hours, you have a better opportunity of, you know, you know, using up your glucose and burning fat also. So uh, I see we have a ca- another caller on line one, so I'm going to take that call. Uh, and when we come back, I'm going to segue into a, keto- a ketogenic diet. Okay. Hey, Vanessa, how are you? It's great to hear from you. Good. Lynette's on the line as well. Hey, Lynette. Um, so thank you both for calling in. It's great time, uh, perfect timing. So I, I invited you guys to call because I was talking about, you know, I, I thanked, uh, I, w- I would like to formally thank the Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women, ETT Women, for sponsoring my show. And I wanted to give you an opportunity for you to tell my audience who you are, what the Think Tank is, and to invite my listeners to to come to the um, the summer celebration this Saturday. So, so take it away. <laughs> oh, we're on air. You're I on, have no idea. You're live. <laughs> you're live. Right, thank you. <laughs> um, well, you know, we, uh, Lynette, and thank you so much for thanking us. But the, the truth is we have to thank you because that's what EPT Women is all about. It's about connection and empowering and supporting each other so you know how um we all came to uh this relationship right with you and your business is because we we firmly believe in community and the power that we have um to to really just support uh each other in our personal and business development and that's what ecc women is about and, I'll, and you know, I just want to say, and I'm so glad you found you. keep going, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, thank you. I was alone there for a second, but Vanessa said it all. You know, thank you. And without all of you, we don't have the community. We would not have the community that we have. And you know, we um, pride ourselves um, on together we achieve more. And everybody supports one another, and that's exactly what we're here to do. And, you know, I just want to say one thing that I learned um, is that you guys, you don't, you know, throw us out into the middle of the ocean and make us swim. You know, you really pull out all the stops to make sure that everybody succeeds. Um, I belong to a lot of networking groups, and I really found that uh, ETT women really distinguish them, themselves by really, um, you know, helping everyone in in you know, pull, by pulling out all the stops to help all your members. So why don't you tell us about um, the event that you're hosting on Saturday? Uh, well, for, thank you for saying that because that means a lot. I mean, we, we you know, Lynette and I don't, um, we're very committed to, to our organization just because we believe that relationship building is the way to grow business and we do it from a place of authenticity and genuine support. Um, you know, to, to, seg- to draw the segue line into Saturday's event, um, we have a change of venue just so everyone knows we're going to be publishing that on our website. Um, it's going to be at our office. Uh, on Saturday night, um, simply because of size of, of crowd size, but the event is still going on. Uh, the root of that event is, you know, one of Lynette's former coworkers who um, was diagnosed with cancer. I mean, I'm sure Lynette can speak to a little bit more about her story. But the, the truth is, you know, we are not just about building a business, but also giving back to the community. So, which, how, what better way than? Um, you know, someone who is connected to our organization to give back. You know, this woman lost her job, isn't able to, to go back to work because of um, her cancer fight. And, you know, our members and our community are stepping up to help and support her. Absolutely. I, 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 we always believed in giving back from the very beginning, which is why we, in the last year, created a foundation so we could give back more than just, um, the two of us, our hands are tied when it's the two of us, but all of us together, we can make a bigger impact. And Janet was somebody that I met about 
15 years ago, uh, she works for the same company that I do, Primerica. She's in North Jersey, and a couple of years back, uh, she went for a dental checkup and found out she had cancer in her jaw. They do dental screenings now. They didn't really do dental screenings then, and she got a lot of uh, a lot of her jaw was taken away and parts um, on the side of her neck, and she's a beautiful girl, still a beautiful woman, and needed a ton of reconstructive surgery, which she's still going through, which takes a lot of money. She has work she actually had to go back to work this month because they were going to take away her medical insurance so without reconstructive surgery complete she went back to work which she was very insecure about but she did it because she has to do what she has to do and um you know it's just we because i was connected and this person you know came to mind when we did it that's what happened sometimes people come to us sometimes we get letters sometimes we get phone calls we just want to be out there to be able to help anybody that we can when they come to us well that's great i'm so glad that you're going to be um great so can you tell us uh, what the 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 time and the location now that it's a, lo- a new lo- location? Yeah, um, it's it's actually a really fun. It's going to be a really fun night because it's a seventies and eighties tribute. So uh, you know we are encouraging everyone to come bre- uh, dress in their best black from the past. Um, yep. You know you may you may find find me with a, a really cool wig on because on top of it it's my birthday so I'm going to be celebrating it with everyone as well. Um, and our location is 479 Route 79, Suite 5A in Morganville, New Jersey. It's literally down the street from our previous venue. So um, there, there's going to be apps and wine and beer and fun and music and dancing. So it's going to be a great night to just um, co-mingle with our community. And, you know, uh, 100% of the proceeds will benefit Janet and her uh, cancer fight who, you know, desperately needs it. And we hope that a lot more of your readers can, can join us that night, of your listeners can join us that night. Absolutely. And if they cannot come, they could go to the link and they can donate if they choose to. All right, so register at uh, ettwomenwomen.com. So thank you guys for calling in and tell us about telling us about your fundraiser. I'm really looking forward to it. All right, so now I'm oh, going to get back to the topic. All right, have a great night. Bye. Um, so let's get back to this uh, pitfalls of fad diets. I'm going to talk about the ketogenic diet because, one, it's mentioned in my commercial there. So I'm sure I've generated a little bit of interest. So this is a really interesting dietary strategy, uh, totally different from anything that I mentioned previously. So in a ketogenic diet, 75% of your calories are coming from fat. And why is that? So I started the show telling you that when you're at rest, you're, you're usually just burning fat calories from fat. Right. So now if you're following a strategy where the majority of your calories are coming from fat, you are really like a fat burning machine, really efficient. Um, I have to say, I'm not going to lie. A ketogenic diet is a great strategy for weight loss. Only 20 percent of your calories come from protein. Five percent, sort of like the early phase of the Atkins, five percent of your calories are coming from carbohydrates. So that there is no such thing as having a glucose spike. So you're not secreting insulin, right? And so you're not, um, you know, you're not storing fat. You're just burning fat. So how are you going to consume a diet that's 75% fat? Um, Mostly coming from some organic meat and poultry, wild caught fish again, Eggs, um, your your carbs are going to come from leafy greens, um, you know, lettuces and spinach and kale, things like that. But the bulk of your calories are coming from fat foods like full fat butter, you know, oils, uh, full fat coconut oil. So the stuff that comes in a can, not the stuff that's that comes in the box. And even like, you know, full fat heavy cream, um, which is really difficult to consume. But, you know, people that are committed to this strategy um, seem to be able to figure it all out. Uh, Some of your carbs are going to come from nuts and seeds. Um, So obviously, um, you know, it's not a very well-balanced diet at all. But the reason why it's so effective is that it really promotes a lot of weight loss. 
Um, the other kinds of people who will benefit from a ketogenic diet, so other than, so first category are people that really need to lose a lot of weight. They are morbidly obese and, you know, their weight is life threatening. Um, so people that have any cognitive impairment that are prone to epileptic seizures. So now your brain normally is, you know, runs on energy from glucose. All right. But in epileptics, you know, the the glucose is not doing its job in the brain. So if you can fuel your brain with fat, you know, fat readily penetrates the brain because the blood-brain barrier is highly uh, lipophilic and so fats readily penetrate the brain. So if you can rely on fat to um, fuel your brain, you'll be less likely to experience seizures. And we find in children who are prone to uh, these seizures that this is a very effective strategy to suppress those seizures. Uh, and I've also spoken to people who have type 1 diabetes so if you have type 1 diabetes then you rely on insulin to remove the glucose from your blood right and if you don't take insulin um, the glucose will not come out of your blood so if you're type 1 diabetic you have an autoimmune disease where you're not able to produce insulin on your own so you have to take it so you're the reason why you need to take the insulin is to get the glucose out of the blood but if you're following a dietary strategy where there isn't any glucose in the blood to begin with then you don't really need the insulin as much all right you're just relying on fat now the problem with this diet as i said is that it's not very well balanced and so you're going to going to be really deficient in lots of nutrients particularly um b vitamins which you need um to you know for your cells to to work opt- optimally you need b vitamins another side effect of this ketogenic diet is that if you're using fat right to make you know to make energy that means that you're burning fat and a side product of burning fat is something called ketone bodies all right and when you make a lot of ketone bodies all right eventually uh, that can lower the ph of your blood and when the ph of your blood goes down um, you can enter a state of ketoacidosis and that is life-threatening so you can do follow a ketogenic diet for maybe you know a couple of weeks but it's not certainly not something that you can do you know forever or in perpetuity um, you have to be very very careful um, the other thing is that um, you're very prone to kidney stones um, because uh, because your the pH of the blood is going down what happens is um, a chemical called uric acid uh, precipitates and promotes the formation of kidney stones now, I did want to say this, that another group of individuals that might consider following a ketogenic diet are cancer patients. Um, so cancer cells are fed by sugar, by glucose. Glucose feeds cancer cells. So if you starve the body of glucose, you could potentially starve the cancer cells. So none of these things, the, the epilepsy, the cancer, um, the um, diabetes, um, a ketogenic diet has not been tested um, clinically or, you know, maybe there are some epidemiology studies where, you know, groups of people follow this diet, but we really don't have any, um, you know, strong scientific data to support the efficacy of a ketogenic diet in these specific groups of people. But I do want to say this, that it's certainly a great way to burn fat. It's not a healthy way to, you know, it's not the healthy way to, to lose weight but it because it promotes fat burning so efficiently you do tend to lose a lot of weight so um, while I'm still on this topic if you'd like to call in and comment about your own experience uh, following any of these
these diets, paleo, ketogenic, Atkins, uh, uh, South Beach, feel free to call in. But I'd like to end the last couple of minutes of the show talking about weight loss drugs. So as you know, I spent um, 28 years in the pharmaceutical and biotechnology industries, and my last role was um, director of diabetes and obesity um, uh, at one of the pharmaceutical companies where I worked. And I will tell you that, you know, um, most, you know, just about all of my efforts to develop a drug for weight loss um, were not very successful at all. And I will tell you that most of the bigger companies have really halted or terminated completely their weight loss programs. Uh, they may continue their diabetes programs. And as you know, many people that have type 2 diabetes tend to be overweight. Of course, they're all continuing their type 2 diabetes programs. And maybe a, a side effect, a, a side benefit of some of those drugs could be weight loss. But strict programs that focus solely on weight loss um, have put, been put on hold for a couple of reasons. These drugs fall into one of two categories. Um, they can either suppress your appetite or they can enhance your metabolism. So if they suppress your appetite, they have to get into the brain where the receptors that promote your appetite are located. And anything that penetrate, penetrates the brain is likely to have you know, some pretty undesirable side effects. And this is what we see. Any of the drugs that do penetrate the blood-brain barrier tend to have side effects that would not be tolerated. Uh, one of the side effects, I'm not going to get into them all, but one of the side effects can be depression. I mean, if it's getting into to the brain, it has to get to the reward center, right? So that's where all your uh, appetite receptors are. So if you're going to be finagling within those receptors, you know, you're going to have an impact on well-being. So we definitely don't want that. And actually, uh, all of the attempts to develop drugs that impact the metabolism have adverse effects on the heart. So most of those drugs that did um, impact uh, metabolism, like fenfen, fentramine, and um, fenfluramine, um, that that. Uh, caused a uh, heart valve failure, those were withdrawn from the, m the market shortly after they made it to the market. Uh, and then finally, there's just the, this one product um, that impacts fat absorption. So that's Orlistat. And that also has some undesirable side effects, a lot very gassy and even some liver damage. So I just, you know, it's unfortunate that I don't really have time to talk about drug development in detail since that's really been my wheelhouse for quite some time. But unfortunately, the pharmaceutical industry's ability to develop, you know, a magic bullet to promote weight loss has failed. And I do have plenty of patients that just come to me and after I kind to go through, you know, a dietary strategy, they just look at me and say, can't you just give me a pill? The answer is no, folks, no pill, no pill to promote weight loss. You have to learn how to eat healthfully. So join me next week when I talk about my dietary strategy that I think is the most effective strategy for weight loss and improving your overall health. So thank you very much for joining me. I would just like to, to end the night reminding you that um, you can meet me live. On July 13th, where I'll be giving a sports nutrition lecture at 2Q's Cafe, located at 599 Chestnut Street in Union, New Jersey. Uh, and also, at, you can meet me in my office on Friday, July 21st, for movie night, where we'll be showing the immortal life of Henrietta Lacks. And my office is located at 397 Chestnut Street in Union, New Jersey. So to learn more about um, Eagle Rock Nutrition, like me on Facebook and fo uh, um, and follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Eagle Rock, E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K. Have a good night, everyone. Paleo, gluten-free, ketogenic, eating for your blood type, and the list goes on and on. There are millions of fad diets out there, but what really works? Did you ever consider consulting an actual doctor? That's why you need Dr. L. Dr. Laura Rocco's at Eagle Rock Nutrition is a food scientist with over 30 years of experience helping people improve their health. Eagle Rock Nutrition is a healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle guidance for disease prevention and health maintenance. She will help you use diet and exercise to improve your overall health 
and fight disease. Conditions that may be addressed include diabetes, heart disease, obesity, autoimmune diseases, poor gut health, and fertility. Dr. L also has a very popular sports nutrition program. Get started today. Book an appointment at EagleRock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. Or call 908-764-9062. 908-764-9062. Let Dr. L develop a personalized health plan that's right for you. Eat right with Laura. Most services are covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and private health insurance. The Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women, or ETT Women, is a support network to help female entrepreneurs grow their business. Founders Vanessa Coppis and Lynette Barbieri share their vision of mentoring women to achieve their personal and business goals. Members attend live or virtual meetings as well as their annual conference, The Power of Connections, scheduled for November 3rd to the 5th at the Holiday Inn in Clark, New Jersey. For more information, please visit ettwomen.com. That's ettwomen, W-O-M-E-N.com. Together, we achieve more. We invite you to support the ETT Women Foundation, a New Jersey nonprofit organization dedicated to the support of women in need. On Saturday, July 15th, the foundation will be hosting a 70s and 80s summer celebration fundraiser at the Fireside Bar and Grill, located at 133 South Main Street in Marlboro, New Jersey. The event begins at 6.30 p.m. A portion of the proceeds will benefit Janet Vega in her fight against cancer. Please register at ettwomen.com. That's ettwomen.com. If you're a regular WMTR listener, we know you love the Beatles. From the morning teams, Beatles and Eggs, to all the great Beatles songs you hear throughout the day. It just looks like you can't get enough of the Fab Four. Hi, it's J.C. Hayes. Join me for a full hour of your all-time favorites on Beatles Weekly every Sunday at noon. We'll dig deep into the Beatles songbook and spotlight the solo careers of John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Lots of trivia, information, and fun. So make it a date. Beatles Weekly, Sundays at noon on WMTR, New Jersey's Beatles Authority. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Rocco's are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. The preceding sound advice program was paid for by Eagle Rock Nutrition. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the staff, management, and advertisers of WMTR. It is always advisable to consult a professional before making a major medical decision.